This morning, our text is going to be taken from 1 Kings 17, 7, 1 Kings 17, 7 through 9. All right. And it says, sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. And so this morning, I'm going to talk to you about a topic called when the brook dries up. Because we have all come to a place in our lives when it seems like nothing is working and it seems like there is just dry season all around us and everything is dried up. It seems like you try everything and everything is not working. Nothing is working. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe you lost some kind of source of provision. Maybe you lost something that you thought you could not live without. When all points are considered, your brook is completely dry. But you must still find a way to survive. And so I want to talk to you about what to do when the brook dries up. I want you to understand why the brook dried up. And I want you to find out, I want you also to understand how to respond to the brook dried up, drying up. Because you see, many people, we're all going to come to a place in our lives when the brook is going to dry up. And it's, it's, it's nothing wrong with the brook drying up because there are certain things in your life that has to dry up. They have to die. They have to go away. And I want you to understand something. I want you to go back and look at the scripture that we just read. It says, after the brook, so when, when, when the brook dried up, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. So the interesting thing that, 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 that to note is that it was after the brook dried up that God spoke. And sometimes we cannot hear the voice of God because of the babbling brooks in our lives. I want to tell you that Sometimes the dried up brook is only serving to remind us that God is speaking to us. Sometimes when God speaks to us, we can't hear the brook because of the noises in our lives. So God had to dry up the brook because we had become too engrossed in the brook. You see, what happens is we fell in love with the brook and we left our first love. And God said, I can't allow a little brook to take the place in your heart that belonged to me. So I got to dry up the brook. And I'm going to give you several more reasons why the brook is dried up. Because sometimes when we, when we turn away from our first love, it is so subtle we don't realize that we begin to put the things of life. You know, life is happening all around us. We have to take the kids to school. We have to go to work. We have to tend to ourselves. We have to tend to the business. We have to tend to all kinds of different things around us. And so what begins to happen is we begin to drift in our dedication to the Lord. We begin to drift in our devotion to the things of God. 
And so God said, I, I got to dry up the brook because there's, there's only the only way I can bring them back to me is if I dry up the brook. Because you see, what happens is we become too busy with the attending to the children that we prayed for. We become too busy attending to the business that we prayed for. We become too busy attending to the job that we prayed for. And we have no time to read the Bible. We don't have time to pray. And so we're busy by this brook. And God said, oh, yeah, I'm going to have to remind you where that brook came from. And so God, another reason why the brook dried up is because it was time for the brook to dry up. Because you got to understand something about the brook drying up. The brook drying up, it was prophecy. It was prophesied that the brook was, it was prophesied that the brook would dry up. It didn't directly say that the brook would dry up, but it said when, when Elijah went to Ahab and he said to Ahab in, 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 in verse one, let me pull that up a minute here. Um, first Kings 17, first Kings 17, and we're going to spend our time in first Kings 17 quite a bit because the, all of what we're talking about today is going to come from here. I may refer to a few other scripture, but this is where we're going to spend our time today. Because I want you to see that some dried up brooks around you, sometimes they are blessings in disguise. They are blessings in, in disguise. So in 1 Kings 17, we're kind of going back a little bit. In, in 1 Kings 17, 1, it says, Now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel lives, from whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in a few in the next few years, except at my word, all right? So the dried up brook in your life, it could be because of a prophecy. It could be because of a word of God. It could be because God intends for the brook to dry up to fulfill prophecy in your life. So what it looks like for you, God may have called you to purpose. God may have called you to, to, to move in a different level, to go in a different uh, 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 dimension. God may have called you to fulfill a, a particular purpose, but because you, 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 you are sitting at the brook, you're, you're contented sitting at the brook, he, 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 you won't leave the brook. So God said, I got to dry up the brook because I got to get them to where they need to be. So for you, it might be a prophetic word that God has given you. And now you have, now it's time for you to live out the word that God has spoken over your life. So your dried up brook could be because of prophecy being fulfilled. Then the other reason why the brook dried up, it could have been because of idol worshiping. Okay, because idol worshiping and witchcraft had reached its peak in Israel. They had set up Beha and Asherah altars, and they were worshiping idols. If an idol worshiping had become the national religion of the day. And so when the prophet Elijah went and told Ahab, there will be no rain except at my word. What he was doing was, it was an ancient prophecy 
that was being fulfilled. Because if you go way back in Deuteronomy 11, 16 through 17, God told the Israelites, be careful or you will entice, you will be enticed to turn away and worship other gods. And when you do bow down to them, I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, the Lord's anger will burn against you and he will shut up the heavens so that there will be no rain and the ground will not yield its produce and you will soon perish from the land that the Lord is giving you. And so this was a, a fulfillment of prophecy on another side because, because Israel had sinned, they had turned away and they began to worship idols. And so that's what I mean when I say that we turn away from our first love because see what happens is when we turn away and give our strength, our emotion, our time, our attention to something that, that, that it may look like God, it may feel like God, it may, I, 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 we don't have time to pray. We don't have time to read our word. We don't have time to fast. We don't have time to worship God because we're busy going to our brook that God has given us. You remember you prayed for that job? You remember you asked God to give you that job and God gave you the job and now you don't have time. You know, before you had the job, you had time. When you get the job, you don't have time. You gotta be careful of those little small foxes because they spoil the vine of the anointing in your life because for the anointing of God to flow in your life, you need to be able to spend quality time with God. And so your brook may have dried up because you inadvertently put something in front of God. And although we don't have, we don't practice idol worshiping, we don't have these little idols that we're carrying around and worship, anything that you put in front of God, it becomes an idol for you. And so the Lord gave this ancient word that when you put any under God in front of me, I will withhold rain from you. And so I want you to also look around and understand that the understand the times that we are living. You can't, you can't deny that there are many dried up brooks in our lives, spiritually and literally. As I um, prepare for this message, I was looking at some of the, the news reports around the, uh, around the country, and there are some rivers in the western parts of the country, some lakes uh, that, that have dried up there. Well, they're not completely dried up, but they're at their lowest point in all of history. Water levels in the Utah Great Salt Lake has officially dwindled to their lowest point and record. Lake Powell just hit the lowest level on record. Colorado River, which supplies the Hoover Dam, uh, 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 is at its lowest point on record. And, and, there, and there are many others that are at their lowest point. And it's not even just America. But there, 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 there's, there's something going on where I know some regions may be experiencing great rainfalls. But listen, there are regions that are experiencing 20-year droughts. And I believe that God is trying to tell us something. God is trying to tell us that we have left our first love and we have begin, we begin to bow down to mammon. We may not have Baal, we may not have Asherah, but we begin to bow down to mammon. We are trusting in the almighty dollar. And so we do everything to get that almighty dollar. We don't trust God no more. We don't trust that he is able to preserve us. We don't trust that 
that he's able to provide for us. So we're busy attending to the brook. We're busy trying to keep the brook running, not understanding that if God doesn't send us rain, there's going to be no brook. Oh my God, somebody this morning. So somewhere in your life, you began to put the brook the thing that God has provided for you in front of God. And God said, I got to dry it up. I got to dry it up. I got to dry it up. I got to dry up that brook. Because see, when you trust God more than you trust, when you trust your job more than you trust God, God will dry up that job. God will dry up that whatever resources that you trust, you may even trust in your spouse to provide for you more than you trust in God's ability to provide for you. And God said, I will dry up that brook. I will dry up that brook. I don't want you to trust no husband, no wife, no woman. Listen, in Isaiah, I think it's Isaiah 11, it talks about why are you trusting in mere man, the breath that is in their lungs? That's, that's all they have. They can't sustain you. Why are you trusting in people? The Bible even said it's a curse to trust in man. So let me ask you this morning, who are you trusting in? What are you trusting in? What is your resource? What is, what is the thing that you're trusting in that makes God become second place in your life? What is the thing that you are pledging your allegiance to this morning? What is the thing that you are serving more than you are serving God? You know, that thing that makes you get up at four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning, and you're breaking your neck down the highway, and you barely drag yourself in at seven o'clock in, in the evening, and you're so tired, you're so wiped out, you don't have time to worship God. Yeah, that brook, that brook. And sometimes God said, I must dry up the brook. I need to dry up the brook because I never intended for you to stay in that place all of your life. I never intend for you to take the brook and make it a religion. I never intend for you to give your allegiance to the brook. So I got to dry it up. I got to dry it up. And so I can see Elijah just enjoying the warm summer days by the brook. He gets up in the morning, bread and meat came to him. He didn't have to work for it. It was provided. And maybe he built himself a little hut to shield him from the hot sun. Maybe he went fishing in the morning and maybe he even take a swim. And maybe he spent his days just carving under rocks and climbing on trees and praying to God and talking to the animals. I don't know what Elijah did for the, by the brook, but I, I, he was enjoying himself. He was contented to be by the brook until the brook had the nerve to dry up. And so I wonder what his attitude was when the brook dried up. Because see, this is a place where many of us get stuck. We got stuck by the brook. We get stuck by a dry brook. I imagine it happened like this for Elijah. He went out in the brook one morning and he found that the water levels were, were shrinking. They were shrinking just like the Hoover Dam is shrinking, just like the Colorado River is shrinking. And so it, it was shrinking, shrinking, shrinking. And I imagine that Elijah did everything, did what we would have done. When we saw that the brook is shrinking, we're like, okay, God, listen here, God. 
You told us to pray that there would be no rain, and we pray that there would be no rain. But God, I believe that you can keep this brook running as long as you need this me to be by this brook. God, come on, Lord Jesus, send some more water down in the, down in this ravine here. Send some more water, God. There's a little bit still right there, God. You can bless it. You can multiply. It. You can and, and we shake up a higher and we trying to break to bring the, bring up this water level because. God, bring up, you can supernaturally bring up this water. And Elijah met a, prayed every morning trying to get God to preserve the brook. But one morning, even as his faith continued to be in high level, at peak level, have you ever been in a place where your feet, your faith was in a peak level and the thing that you prayed for, you prayed against it happening, it's He'll happen. Man, let me tell you something that does something to your faith. I have been in situations where I prayed and I prayed and I fasted and I talked to God. I read the scripture, I stand on the word and the things still happen. It still happened. And so in moments like that, you begin to question God and say, God, did I hear from you? Did I hear from you? So Elijah went out to that brook one morning and he found out that it had really dried up. And so he began to scratch his head. He's trying to figure out, God, why did the brook dry up? Why did it dry up, God, when you told me to come and sit by this brook? It was God who told him. Go back to our scripture in, in, in 1 Kings 17, verse 2. It says, then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the current ravine east of Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I will direct ravens to, free, to feed you. So it was the Lord that sent him to go and sit by this brook. And now Elijah is in a place where the brook dried up. And now he's, he, he, he's scratching his head, and he's trying to figure out, God, I, I prayed that the brook wouldn't dry it up. And God, I, I supernaturally preserve this book. I understand that there's no rain in the land, but God, I, I, I am your prophet. You know, God, I'm working for you. You, you, you. you sent me here. So God, why is this brook drying up? Why is it dried up? And so he probably took a stick and he tried to scratch the bottom of the brook and he, maybe he went upstream a little bit to see if he could find water upstream. Cause you know, sometimes when water dry up downstream, you can track the riverbed and go up a little bit further, you may find water. And that was the case for me when I lived in Jamaica some years ago, there was a river that ran behind our house. And we would go in there, we would catch fish, we would wash our clothes, we would do all, you know, all sorts of domestic things with me at this river. And then one day the river dried up. It dried up and it didn't dry up suddenly. It, we, we saw that the water was receding, was receding. And then one day it just dried up. And so our water supply to wash our clothes and to bathe ourselves, that's, that's we depended on that river for that purpose. And when we trapped the riverbed and we walk all the way back up to the top, there was water flowing way up the top of the river. And when we, what we noticed was, was there's like, like a little cave uh, in a part of the riverbed and the water, the heavy flowing of the water 
channeled into what looked like a, 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 I don't even know how to describe this. I don't know the words for it, but it, the water went underground and it went under what, it, there was like a mountainside that there's a little cave and the water, the, 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 the heavy flow of the water went into that thing that looked like a cave. Now, nobody ever gone in there to try to figure it out because I don't know if anybody would, you know, go in there and be able to get back out. But so sometimes when you water dry up, that's the thing that you choose to do. You choose to go back upstream to try to figure out what cut off your water supply. And so that's what we're going to try to do this morning. We're going to try to go back up in the, in the river stream. We're going to try to figure out what we're going to try to fit, make sense of this, this dried up brook. We're going to, because, because this brook wasn't supposed to dry up. You know, God was supposed to, Elijah was probably at the mindset that God was going to keep this brook running for the next three years because God, I am your prophet. You sent me to tell them that there would be no rain, but God, I didn't expect for you to dry up my brook because I am a servant and I am serving you. It is at your word that I went to the king and told him that there wasn't going to be any rain. And now you told me to go to this brook. And as I'm sitting there at this brook, God, I expect I, it is my faith. It is my belief that you were going to keep this brook running. So this makes no sense. And so Elijah began to pray. Elijah began to pray. And he said, God, why? Well, he didn't say it like this, but I'm paraphrasing. I'm imagining that Elijah went to God and he said, God, why is it dry? Why is this book dry? You told me to come to this book. And I'm confident that if you allow this book to dry up, then you have another way to supply my needs. So God, you got to tell me how to, what is the other means? Because God, I'm not going to dry up by this brook and die. Is that your will for me to dry up beside this brook and die? God, what is it, God? And I just want to ask you this morning, has God ever sent you to sit by a brook? And just when you're enjoying this brook, it dried up. It dried up. Maybe the job opportunity dried up. Maybe you had a bad, you received a bad diagnosis. That's a dried up brook. Maybe you're experiencing a dry bank account. That's a dried up brook. Maybe you're experiencing a sick or a wayward child. That's a dried up brook because now your expectation of the child is dried up. You know, when we have children, we have so much expectation for them. We want them to be all that they can be. But sometimes the children, they come, they, they become rebellious and they do the things that they want to do. And that's a dried up brook because your expectations for your child is now dried up. Maybe your dried up brook is, is marriage. Maybe you have having marital problems. Maybe you had to go through a divorce. Maybe, maybe you're in a marriage that you're having marital issues right now. That's a dried up brook. Because maybe you're even saying to God, God, I married the man. You told me to marry him. I married the woman. That's the, that's the woman you told me to marry, God. But God, here we are arguing, fussing, and fighting over every little thing, bickering and biting one another. That's a dried up brook. What's up, Lord? What's up with that? You told me to sit by this brook. You gave me this child. You gave me this job. You gave me this spouse. And God, it's all 
dried up. And so this is where many of us got stuck. We're, we're stuck right here. We're stuck trying to figure out why the brook dried up. And this is where we, like I said, we go and we may probably dig in the bottom of the brook trying to see if we can find a little water. You know, and for you, it may look like this. You may have lost your job in this pandemic. And so you went digging in the unemployment line to try to find a little bit of resources to keep you going. You, you, you probably went to dig in the government line to try to find some assistance to keep you going. Your business may have went down. And so you're trying to figure out what to do next. And you may be asking God, you may be saying, God, why am I in a recession when you told me to come and sit by this brook? God, I'm scraping at the bottom of the barrel. I'm scraping in the unemployment line. God, I'm scraping, Lord God, in the assistant line. I'm scraping, God, what is it, Lord? What is it that is causing me to face a recession? Because I understand that when I am living in your will, I don't need to be in a recession. A recession could be happening all around me, but that doesn't mean that I need to be in a recession. And so it may take you a while to figure out why. You so you so 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 you may even take you a while. You may take a while digging and scraping at the bottom of the brook, and then one and then a minute it dawned on you like uh uh. Let me stop scraping at this bottom of this brook. I got to go back to God. He was the one who sent me to sit by this brook in the first place. And if he dried up the brook, he, he's able to send me somewhere else. He's able to provide for me in a different manner. And so Elijah's prayer changed. And Elijah said, okay, God, what's next? What's next? Some of you need to ask God, what's next? What's next, God? Come on, somebody. I feel that for somebody this morning. You may need to ask God, what is next? What is the next direction for my life? Where do you want me to go this morning? What do you want me to do? God, I want to do everything that you want me to do. God Almighty, show me what's next, God. The brook done dried up, God. I scraped out the bottom of the brook. I traveled up the river stream to find out if there's any supply sitting up there. And God, I found nothing. So God, it means that there's got to be something somewhere. God, you got to show me what's next, what's next, what's next. Come on, somebody. I hear God say, if you would ask him what's next, he will tell you, he will give you directions of what's next. Because see, when Elijah got to that place where he realized that there was no water, no matter how he prayed, no matter how he prophesied, no matter how he rebuked the devil, listen, that brook was still dry. Elijah said, okay, God, I'm done rebuking. I'm done binding. I'm done casting out, God. You got to tell me what's next, God. And that's when God spoke. And that's when God spoke. That's when God spoke. God said, Elijah, get up. Go to Zarephath. I've commanded a widow woman to feed you. And so when your brook dries up this morning, it's not time for you to be sitting, moping around, crying about it. It's time for you to get ready. Get ready to go to Zarephath. Get ready to journey to Zarephath. Because scholars say that the, the, the distance between the brook, chariot, and Zarephath was about 85 to 100 miles. And you know, the average person walks about 30 miles, can walk about a 30-mile journey in a day. And I imagine that 
Elijah would have had to rest. And remember, these were under some hard, dry conditions because there was no rain. I don't think there was any water along the way. I don't know how many days it may have taken him. Uh, uh, according to calculation, it could have taken him three to five days if he was walking at the speed. Because now this is Elijah who outrun the chariot. But it didn't tell us how long it took him to get there. But we know that the journey was, a, was not a, it was not a, Two day, it was not a, a two-mile walk. In other words, it's a, almost a hundred miles from where he was. So it might sound like a little thing. Elijah, get up, go to Zarephath. And Elijah went to Zarephath. But let me tell you something. When God tell you to leave the brook and get to Zarephath, many of us, we, want, we expect that it's going to happen instantaneously. And sometimes we have to take a journey. We got to go on a journey. We got to go on a pathway to find the next thing because it doesn't happen. See, sometimes the, those built-in delays, those built-in distances, those built-in hindrances, those built-in opposition, they are working for your good because God is, God is creating spiritual stamina on the inside of you because he's saying, listen, I want you to trust me beyond a shadow of a doubt. And so he got to take us through processes because Elijah had to be preserved on his journey to Zarephath. He couldn't, he didn't have no water. He didn't have no food, but he had to journey under that hot sun. I imagine the road was hot. It was dusty. I imagine there might've been some hills and some valleys. I imagine that he might've got tired and weak and had to rest along the way. He had to make the journey without Food, water, our place to rest. And I imagine that sometimes his journey takes him through hills and some valleys. And in those moments, Elijah had to trust God. Elijah had to trust God on the journey. So from, from now we leave the brook and we're walking to Zarephath. And this is where some of you are. The brook is already dried up. And you're in a place where you're asking God, what's next? God showed you what next. And you're doing the what next. But it seems like all hell is breaking loose around you. It, it's just hard to get to the next destination. It's taking a while to get to Zarephath. You're aching. You're tired. You're hungry. But you've got to continue your journey to Zarephath. This is endurance. You got to endure to get to the next stop, to get to the next, next destination. Sometimes it might take you a while to get the next job. But while you are waiting, while you're in between jobs, while you're in between businesses, while you're in between ministry, while God is saying, I'm building you. God is not so much interested in you working for him as he's interested in working in you and through you. He needs to build you for what he is placing on your life. And so as you go through the process to get to Zarephath, God is building your muscle of faith because you see some things that are going to take place in Zarephath that it, it requires faith. It requires constant trust. It requires abiding in the presence of the living God. It requires that there is no doubt in your heart. And so many times along the way, you may be asking God, are we there yet? Are we there yet? How long is this journey going to take long, Lord? 
Why is it taking so long, Lord? I, 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 I don't mind taking the journey, Lord, on a day when it's not so hot and on a, a day when it's like maybe it's cool and, 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 and I, I can stop somewhere and I can rest and I, I can get some food to eat to keep me on the journey. God, I don't mind doing anything for you, God. I don't mind going where you send me to go, but God, this road to Zarephath, it's a long journey and I'm tired, God. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty, God. God, I've done everything that you told me to do, but it seems like there's no rest in sight. God, why are the children still acting up? Why is the marriage still not fixed, God? Why is there no new opportunities yet, God? God, it seems like there is problems here and there and everywhere. God, will I ever get a break, God? God, you know I was contented in staying at the brook back there, but God, now you send me to go to this Zarephath place, and I don't even know where it is, God. And this road is tired. I'm tired, God. This journey, God, is taking too long. I'm weary. God, I'm doing everything you told me to do, but it's difficult. It's difficult. God, my heart is willing but my flesh is weak. God, I need, I need supernatural strength for the journey. And I believe that as Elijah walked on this road to Zarephath, God supernaturally strengthened him to make the journey without food and without water. And so Elijah, Elijah finally made it to Zarephath and he was tired and he was hungry. And the first person he met was this widow woman. And this widow woman, she was gathering sticks to make her meal, her last meal. And so Elijah said to her, bring me a cup of water because the, the prophet was so thirsty. He said, give me a cup of water. I just need a cup of water. Mm. I just need a cup of water. And so while she went to get the water, he told her, bring me a piece of bread too. And so she said to him, I have only enough for me and my son. We're going to eat it and we're going to die. So it seemed to me that Elijah was not the only one that had a dried up brook. This widow woman had a dried up brook as well. So what was God doing sending the prophet to someone who could barely provide for themselves? So, 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 so the woman, the, 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 the woman was in a crisis. The prophet was in a crisis and God sent two crises to come together. God, this doesn't make no sense. And this is the point where many of us will question God because you said, God, you told me to start this business. God, God, you gave, you told me to marry this man. God, you told me, you, you gave up, you gave me this child, God. And God, why is it that I'm meeting up in a place where it seems like the thing that I prayed for and asked you for and you blessed me with now becomes another crisis in my life? And not only that, Elijah may have said to, the, to God, God, hold on, hold up, God, God, something don't make no sense about this. You told me by the brook that you commanded a widow woman to feed me. Now the woman don't even have enough food for herself. Uh, how is this possible, God, that you're going to send me to somebody who can't feed themselves, God? This widow woman, she seemed surprised that Elijah would have asked her for bread. 
But by the brook, God told Elijah, I commanded her to feed you. God, this doesn't make no sense. So it's like this, when you start the business, when you start the new job and things don't make any sense because this is the place, this is the place that God told you to go. This is the next thing that God has told you to do. But God, it doesn't make no sense. And you got to go back to the Lord. You got to go back to the Lord. You got to go back to the Lord and say, God, didn't you tell her that I was coming? Why didn't you give her enough for me? And this is where the prophet had something that many of us don't have. The prophet had confidence in God. He had confidence in God that this was the woman. Because see, sometimes y'all, when God bless you with the next thing, you're looking like, is, 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 is this God? God, I, I, I don't have all the resources to make that thing happen. I, I, God, is this really you? Because listen, God, all the, the flour is not enough. The oil is not enough. Many of us are in that place. We want to, what we want to see is the is enough flour and enough oil before we make a move. And God say, not so. Because in this kingdom that I'm trying to get you to understand, I'm trying to get you to, to align yourself with, the way to align yourself is to, is to first believe and then you receive. It's to first see the thing in, in your mind's eye, in your spirit, and then use your, use your faith to pull it out of the kingdom. Oh, shababa, kelerebo, shababa. I feel that for somebody this morning. You got to see it with your faith. When you get up into that dry situation, you're like, God, I just left a dry situation. And now I end up back in another dry situation. God, God. God said, use your faith. I didn't want you to scratch the bottom of the bottom of the brook, but now you at this dry place where the woman is scraping at the bottom of her flower jar. I know now you can use your faith to speak to that dry situation because this is the place, this is the next place that I assigned for you. So now use your faith. And so this is what the prophet said to the woman. He said, Don't be afraid. Do as I have said, make me a meal first. And this is what the Lord God of Israel says the jar of flour will not be exhausted and the jug of oil will not dry out until the day the Lord sends rain upon the face of the earth she probably was thinking man you crazy you don't you see that there's a drought around us don't you see that we, we don't there's no there's no crops God but she obeyed. She obeyed. And you knew this took some kind of faith to give somebody your last meal. This took some kind of obedience because the, the thing about it is you got to understand that this woman, not only did Elijah know God, but this woman know, knows God as well. Because if you go to verse 12, he said, verse 12 says, as surely as the Lord your God lives. So this statement tells me that the woman knows Elijah's God. She said, as surely as the Lord your God lives. In other words, she was saying, I understand that you serve a living God. I understand that there is a living God. It's the same God that I'm praying to. So I understand 
that if he sent you, you got, and he told you to tell me this, I, I, I've been praying, prophet, you don't understand. I, I've been praying for someone like you. I have been praying for a situation like this because I was about to eat the last meal and I was about to die. And I told God, God, you got to intervene in my situation because my barrel of meal is about to go dry. And then God, while I was out there picking up some sticks to go make my meal, I was talking to God in that moment. And I was telling God that God, if there's a way for you to extend this flower in my jar, God, send a word, speak to me, God, show me a sign. And then while I was out there picking up these sticks, then you came, prophet of God, woman of God, Jesus, one of you, one of my followers listening right now, a woman of God, great woman of God. I came to a place where my brook had dried up. See, y'all think I'm preaching about you. I'm preaching about myself. If y'all don't receive that word, don't receive the word of God. Listen, I'm going to receive it for myself and then I'm going to get your blessing and mine. Oh, I was in a dry place. I was in a dry place. And I met this lady and we would begin to talk. And normally I don't share my private business with people, but I, for some reason I began to talk to her. And as I began to talk to her, she was so receptive. She was so open. She was friendly. I never met her in my life. I never laid eyes on her. And here I was pouring out my spirit to her, pouring out my soul to her. And long story short, we became the, we became the best of friends. She turns out she was the answer that I needed. She, she turns out to be that woman that was picking up sticks and was running. And she, I don't even know what part we are. We are so intertwined. And it doesn't, I don't even know. Some days I might be the prophet in her life. Some days she might be the prophet in, her, in my life. Some day I might be the woman that, that was picking up the sticks. I don't know. But I was at a place, a dry place. And she came. And the Lord began to do some miraculous things like through her and her husband. And so I just, I, I won't mention their names, but they know they're listening. And, 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 and I see how God miraculously provided, miraculously make ways out of no ways. And so as the prophet told this woman, go and make this meal for me first. What, what was she, she, she believed in the God of Israel. And so she said, okay, I was here gathering the sticks and I felt like I, I, I needed a word from God and the prophet came and the prophet said, make me a meal first. And so what she did was she obeyed. What you didn't understand that she was doing, she was activating her faith. She was activating her faith because she believed the prophet. She believed the prophet. Listen to me. The Bible said, believe in his prophets. Believe in the Lord your God and believe his prophets and so shall you prosper. Believe the, and listen now, there's a whole bunch of people doing some prophet lying. So you need some discernment who to believe. You, you need some discernment who to align yourself with as the mouthpiece of God. And so she believed the prophet. And this is what Jesus said in Matthew 10, verse, I think 40 or 41. She's, Jesus told Jesus says, believe, whoso, I'm sorry, whosoever received the prophet 
in the name of a prophet will receive the prophet's reward. And listen to the other part of Matthew 10. It says, if you give a cup of cold water in my name, you will not lose your reward. And so this is what Jesus was referring to. Many people don't put the two together and realizing that this is what Jesus was talking about the spirit of Elijah back in his day. And he was saying, this is what happened in Elijah's days. The woman, look, the, the, the first thing Elijah asked her for was a cup of cold water. Jesus said, if you give a cup of cold water, you won't lose your reward. The, 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 this is what she did now. So he said, if you receive the prophet, if you welcome the prophet in the name of a prophet, you will receive the prophet's reward. And so I asked God, I said, what is the prophet's reward? And the prophet's reward is if you do what the prophet told you to do, if you believe what the prophet tells you that came from God, God will give you what the prophet told you you would get. And so you got to understand that sometimes your miracle is locked up in your obedience. Your miracle is locked up in your obedience because you got to obey the word of the Lord. You got to believe that the, the word of God is coming through the mouthpiece of God, through the prophet of God. You got to believe the prophets and so you will prosper. And so she believed and she went and she baked the cake. But you got to understand her miracle. Ooh. Oh, you got to understand that she needed a miracle. And so when you are in a situation where you need a miracle, you may need to do an act of obedience. I don't know what God is telling you to do today. You see, a lot of times this is, this is what a lot of place where many ministers fail because they begin to talk about money and all that kind of stuff. No, I'm not talking about your money. Keep your dried up money. This is what God is talking about. He's talking about a heart attitude. He's talking about obedience. He's talking about repentance. He's talking about aligning yourself with him. He's talking about trusting in the Lord, your God. And so the woman went and she made the cake and she made the meal for Elijah. And the Bible says that the meal did not, the, the, the jar of flour didn't go empty. Her jug of oil did not run dry. But you got to understand where her miracle began. Her miracle began way back at Elijah's dried up brook. Because Elijah's brook had to dry up so that he could be the answer to this woman's need. So sometimes God will send you. He, he, you're having a crisis, but God is sending you to meet another person's crisis. So crisis is meeting crisis. Elijah got a dried up brook. This woman got an empty barrel. And, and now both of them are coming together in a crisis. And so can I tell you that your dried up brook may be the answer to someone else's miracle. What is that thing that is dried up in your life? Could it be because it has dried up because God, your, your miracle, someone else's miracle is depending on you? Could it be that God dried up your brook because your, your dried up brook holds the key to somebody else's miracle? No. Which one are you? Are you Elijah who had to, had to leave that broken journey through Zarephath, journey to Zarephath? Are you the woman that is gathering sticks and saying, listen, I'm just going to 
use this last meal. I don't know what's going to happen next. God, I, I'm just going to draw. I'm just going to use this last meal and then I'm going to die. Elijah had to leave the brook. The woman had to make a meal for the prophet first. So they both was in a position that they had to depend on God. And so I'm trying to tell you today that this is where we are right now. We are in a position that we have to depend on God. Many people preach about the sound of abundance of rain, but it took, it took a journey to get to the place where you can talk about the sound of abundance of rain. I can't talk to you about that. You're going to have to come visit me next week and we'll talk about that. But we know that the abundance of rain is coming, but it took a while to get there. So back to this widow woman, the miracles didn't end there for her because the Bible says sometime later her son died and the woman cried out to the prophet, why did you bring this tragedy on me? And the prophet cried out to God, oh Lord, my God. This is 1 Kings 17, 20 and 21. It says, oh Lord, my God, have you also brought tragedy on this woman who has opened her home to me by causing her son to die? And he stretched himself out over the child three times and he cried out, Lord, oh Lord, my God. Listen, even right there, that's like there's some anointing right there. Oh Lord, my God. How many times we go to God and we say, God, Lord, we don't, we, sometimes we got to do, we got to address God. Like the prophet addressed God. He said, oh Lord, my God. Come on, somebody, take this from me today. Oh, Lord, my God, my God, my God, my God. Somebody, you need to own God today. You need to say, God, you are my God. What the prophet was trying to say here, he was saying, listen, God, my trust is only in you. I don't have my trust anywhere else. You are my God. And if you don't answer this prayer, God, if you don't come through for me, God, ain't nothing going to happen, God, because because God, you are my God. You are my God. You are my God. I don't worship idols, God. You are my God. I don't worship mammon. You are my God. Oh my God. Somebody need to hear this today. You are my God. When you're facing that life-threatening illness, you got to say, Lord, you are my God. When you're facing that situation that is that, that, that seems to have you all messed up, all jacked up, you got to say, God, you are my God. Oh, Jesus, you are my God. You are my God. Oh, Jesus, you are my God. I hear the song say, Oh, Lord, you are my God, and I will ever praise you. I'll praise you in the morning. Listen, and I will learn to walk in your steps, because step by step you lead me. Come on, somebody. God got to lead you. You got to be able to walk with God step by step. You got to say, Lord, you are my God. And I'm walking in your step. I'm walking in your direction. God, I'm not worshiping mammon. I'm not serving no Behar. I'm not serving no Asherah. I have laid down my life for you, God. You are my God. So those four little words, oh Lord, my God. There was so much anointing wrapped up in those words because the prophet had confidence in God. 
And this is his only request. This is from, he said, please let this boy's life return to him. Mm, mm, simple little prayer. And the Bible said, God, listen to the prophet. God, listen to the prophet. And see, I also want to point out something else there. It said, God, have you also brought tragedy? I want to just back up a little bit and show you something else. Have you also brought tragedy on this widow who has opened her home to me? So when tragedy struck, sometimes we question God. So why? Why did you allow this to happen? See, I told you that Elijah questioned God back at the brook. Y'all don't believe me because it's not in the Bible. Y'all don't believe me. Elijah had to have some conversation with God about that dried up brook because this word here, this little word, it says, you have, have you also brought tragedy? So what is God, what is Elijah talking about? Have you also brought tragedy? He was talking about the fact that you dry up the brook, God. I was praying that you wouldn't dry up the brook and you dried up the brook. And now you send me to Zarephath to stay with this woman. And now you make, you cause her son to die. Come on, God. Uh-uh. Oh, no, 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 no. Come on, God. You got to do something here. It's one thing for the brook to dry up, God. But it's a whole nother thing for the widow woman's child to die. So Elijah may have said to God, God, we got some talking to do. We got some talking to do. And so Elijah got behind closed doors. Sometimes you got to question God about it. You got to get in your closet because that's the only way you will know what is going on. And so Elijah got up in his prayer closet and he began to talk to God about it. And so the woman, the, the, you got to understand what was happening here. The woman's son died and she cried out to the, to the prophet and the prophet began to cry out to God and God listened to the prophet and the child's life was returned to him. Come on, somebody, sometimes you need to get up in that prayer closet and say, God, this is where you sent me. Why is tragedy happening? Why is the marriage not working? Why is the children acting up? Why is the bank account dry? God, you got to tell me something, God, in this season. You got to show me what is happening, God. You got to tell. Come on, God, because you are my God. You are my God. You are my God. Only living God, you are my God. You are my God. You are my God. God, I don't have no place else to go. You are my God. I can't go trust in, in man. Your word says the, the heart of flesh will fail you. God, I don't have no place else to go. I have a dead child. Lord, on my hands right here, God. Thank God you are my God. You are the living God, the Holy One of Israel. Lord, you're not only the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God, you are my God. And so the child's life returned to him. And the woman said, now I know that you are truly a man of God and that you speak truth. And the way I see it is the woman's son was going to die. And God knew the woman was going to run out of flour and oil. And God knew. And so he wanted Elijah to leave the brook. And so the only way that he could get Elijah to leave the brook was dry up that brook because a widow woman needed some miracle. He knew that if the prophet wasn't there to speak and declare the word over the jar of flour and the jug of oil, the woman 
would have completely run out. Because see, some, some miracles in your life is going to take a true, authentic prophet, a, a true, authentic word of God. There is an anointing on the prophetic word. I'm trying to tell you all something this morning. Don't disregard the prophetic word because there is an anointing on the prophetic word. You can prosper at the word of a true prophet. If God sent a prophet in your life to decree things over your life, you better believe it because Jesus said in Matthew 10 40 and 41 he says if you believe if you welcome the prophet in the name of a prophet you will receive the prophet's reward oh my god this morning so when the when the brook dried up it's because God is trying to give you a prophet's reward when your brook dried up God might be trying to tell you that I want you to be the answer to somebody's problem oh god somebody and when your brook dry up, it may be but that there is idol worshiping in your nation. And God is saying, I'm trying to get them. I'm trying to get people to repent. I'm trying to get people to repent. And so God said, I want you to examine yourself this morning and ask yourself as I close, are you allowing the brook to take the place of God in your life? Are you allowing the things that I provided you with to become first place in your life? Have you lost your first love? Did you forget that I was the one who sent you to the brook? God said, I would dry up anything to take my place. Because your total dependency should be on me, not on anyone else or anything, because I am a jealous God. I love you with all of my heart, and I expect you to love me with all of your heart. Because see that part of your heart that you're saving for yourself? It is no good. It is corrupt and deceitful. And I can't live in a place where there's corruption and deceit because I am a holy God. Your total dependency needs to be on me. God said, I could have really kept that brook running for you. I could have kept you on that job. But I have different plans for you because your, your prophetic word, the anointing that is on your life, the anointing that is on your life was needed in Zarephath. A woman in Zarephath needs your anointing. I'm wondering if somebody is listening to me today and God has a call on your life and those people that are waiting to hear the word of God, the prophetic word out of your mouth. I'm wondering if they're not being served because the Bible says there's a set of people that will not be served because it, 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 the children are not served because there's no word. There's, we're not receiving the word of God. We're not pouring out the word of God. If you don't answer your call to get to Zarephath, that woman, is not going to make it. Those people that God has called you to serve and to minister to, they may not make it because your obedience, your obedience is going to unlock their miracles. I'm wondering if there might be something in your life that God is trying to ask you to repent from this morning. 
We all know what that our, our nation needs to repent. Our nation is in a place where it needs to repent. There is so much witchcraft and idol worshiping and sexual perversion like never before. Never before in the history of America has there ever been so much witchcraft, so much idol worshiping. So we understand that as we look around and see all these dried up brooks, literally and spiritually, God is trying to tell us something. God is trying to tell us to repent. So you got to repent at a personal level and you got to repent at a national level because the nation has sinned. And I'm praying that God would raise up prophets like Elijah in this day and age that will go to the president and be bold and say, listen, president, whoever you are, because it don't matter who is in there, any president, it don't matter. Go ahead in here and say, listen here, president, good old president. Listen, you might be in the highest office of the land, but let me tell you something. There is a higher authority over you. And he sent me to tell you that there is going to be a deluge. There is going to be disaster if this nation does not repent. I pray to God that God would raise up some leaders and ministers and prophets like that. I pray to God that they would come out from the woodworks because I know that God has them. Next week, I'm going to talk to you about some of those that are hiding. They were hiding in caves. Some of them were killed. You see what happened in, in the last couple of years, how the prophetic ministry was attacked so terribly. And yes, it needed to be attacked because it need, a purging needed to take place in the prophetic ministry because there was too much mixing and mingling that was happening. When you're a true prophet of God, you, you, you don't need to compromise what God is saying. You just need to be bold enough. Listen, Elijah didn't beat around the bush when he went up to Ahab. He said, listen here, Ahab, there won't be no rain in Israel until I speak again. And he didn't elaborate. He didn't give Eli, Ahab no whole bunch of explanation. We need some prophets like that to go to the leaders in our land and say, listen here, this is what's going to happen. And they need to figure out why did this prophet say this? Elijah may have said that Ahab was like, oh God, what, what's happening here? Let me go back and read the scrolls and see what happens. So we need some prophets like that to come up and speak to our nation. And tell them their sins. You got to tell. Sometimes God. This is what the prophets do. They tell people their sins. They tell the nation their sins. So that's why some of you are prophesying. Oh you're going to get a job. And you're going to get this. And you got to call it. it, it. Yeah that, those are good. Because you need personal prophecy. But the real prophetic word of God. Is like standing up to people. And telling them. Though you have sinned. And you have come short of the glory of God. And God said if you don't repent. Judgment is going to come to your house. That's what a real prophet does. And this, it won't earn you. It won't earn you a badge of honor. It won't earn you respect or fame. Because the thing is, God told the prophet right after that, he said, go hide. Why did he have to go hide? He, Jezebel wasn't looking for him yet. This was not at the place where Jezebel was looking for him. So why did the prophet have to go hide? 
Because see, when you give a word like that, sometimes you're going to be attacked. You're going to be opposed. You're probably going to be imprisoned. That's what they did to Isaiah, uh, Jeremiah, imprison him and beat him because of the word that he gave. They didn't like it. And so the prophet had to go hide. And so as I close with this this morning, think about it. You, gave your, you did what God told you to do. You end up at the brook and the brook dried up. And then God said, go to Zarephath. And this widow woman needed a miracle as well. And so I want you to take this one key from me today. Your dried up brook is the key to someone else's miracle. So don't focus so much on the dried up brook. Focus on the next move of God. And then don't depend so much on the jar of flour when you get there. Okay, don't depend on the jug of oil when you get there. See, that's what God was reminding them of. That's why he allowed the child to die. God was kind of saying, listen here, little prophet. I know you might feel like you're a great man or woman of God. And I'm using you greatly. But at the same time, I want you to understand who I am. I am the great God. I am not a God that you can carry around in your pocket. I am not someone for you to take lightly. You need to reverence my holy presence. And so your miracle might just be one prophetic word away. You may need to just receive a prophet in the name of a prophet. You may just need to receive these instructions that I'm giving you today as a prophetic word of God for your life that you need to stop scratching at the back bottom of the brook. You need to start journeying to Zarephath. You need to, 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 to speak and declare over the, over the widow woman. You need to do the things that God has told you to do. And so if you're at a place in your life where you feel like your brook has dried up, God sent me here today to tell you, Zarephath is waiting for you. Zarephath is waiting for you. And I want to tell you a few things, a little bit last thing about Zarephath. Zarephath was a place in the Bible that, that I looked up the word for Zarephath. And this is like a byline for you. Zarephath means a place of melting. The brook Cherith means a place of separation. So God took Elijah from a place of separation and he brought him to his place of melting. And the thing about when you understand melting process, I won't take too long to explain it to you. This is as a by word for you. The thing about melting is sometimes when you're melted, you're, if you consider gold, you're being melted with other gold like yourself, other pieces of gold. And so Elijah and this widow woman was in this, they're both in this melting pot. And what God wanted to do was melt out the doubt out of their hearts. Because you remember the last statement the woman made to, 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 to Elijah was that now I know that you are a man of God and true and the words you speak, they are true. And God wanted to melt away all the droughts. Because when you understand about melting gold, the impurities come up to the top and you can skim off the top. Because God have a bigger plan. Zarephath was only a, it was only a stop along the way to Mount Carmel. And so God had to melt out all the doubts out of Elijah's heart. Because what God had for him on Mount Carmel, he could not accomplish it. Unless all the droughts, all the doubt, come, doubts come out of his heart. And so if that's you today and you feel like God is calling you to a place where you don't understand 
And you have, you, you got to trust like, trust God like never before. Listen, the key here is what the prophet says. Oh Lord, you are my God. Oh Lord, you are my God. We're going to pray. Let's pray. Oh Lord, you are my God. Oh Lord, you are my God. He said he's taking you by the hand and he is leading you step by step to your next place of miracle. He wants you to trust him with all of your heart. He will guide and he will provide for you. So come on, let's pray. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you today that step by step you are leading me. Lord, help me not to make an altar out of the brook. Help me, Lord God, not to trust the brook more than I trust you, Lord God. Lord, help me not to worship the brook, Lord God. Help me, Lord God, not to put anything before you, Lord God. Return me to my first love. Lord, I repented of putting things and people in front of you, Lord God. Because God, I trusted in the thing that you gave me. I trusted in the family, Lord God. I trusted in, in the resources of my family, God. I trusted in, in, in different things, Lord God. But I really didn't take you at your word, Lord God. But God, I come to repent this morning. Because Lord, you are my God. You are my God. No idol, no mammon, no nothing in this world. Lord, show me the areas of my life that I allow those things to take over. I allow idol worship in my, in my life because I, I, I didn't, I, I, I put away word, reading my scripture. I put away spending time with you and worshiping and getting in your presence. Lord God Almighty, bring me to that place of repentance. Show me the times in my life, God, when I have inadvertently put other things above you. Lord, help me to repent. And I pray on behalf of my nation today, Lord God, that God, you would raise up, raise up prophets like Elijah, Lord God, that are bold and courageous in their faith, Lord God, and will speak truth to the power, Lord God. They will speak truth to power, Lord God, embolden the prophetic move of God in this season, Lord God, that they will speak truth to power, Lord God. God, raise up, oh, raise up prophets, Lord God, leaders, Lord God, that will lead the people to repentance, that would lead the people, Lord God, back to you, Lord God. In the name of Jesus. Holy living God, strengthen your people, Lord God. Give them physical strength, spiritual strength, courage, Lord God, to stand up, Lord God, and declare what thus says the Lord. In the name of Jesus, God, raise up your prophets. God, pull them out of hiding, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, and we will be sure to give you the glory. Listen, if you never made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, Today is the day. You might be going through a dry season in your life. Well, Jesus is the only one that can restore your life. He's the only one that can restore your marriage. He's the only one that can restore your health. He's the only one that can restore your finances. But listen, these blessings are for people that are in the kingdom of God. So you need to ask him to come into your heart and be your Lord and Savior and to forgive you of your sins. That's the only way to access these blessings that I'm telling you about. Because see, when God leads you step by step, 
every step that he leads you, there is a blessing. There is a blessing. There was a blessing at the brook. There was a blessing on the road to Zarephath. There was a blessing at Zarephath. Every place. But sometimes it's a process. And the process was to trust God. First, you got to trust him with your life. Are you ready to trust him with your life? Ask him. Just say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Purify me, Lord God. Make me yours today. Because I believe that what you did on Calvary's cross was for my sins. I see now, Lord, that I have no way to pay those debt. So I accept your payment for me. And now I give you my heart in return. Live through me. Amen. And I believe if you say that simple prayer, Jesus has entered into your heart. But there are some things that you need to do. If you don't have a Bible and you have a smartphone, download the Bible app. Read it every day. Get you a physical Bible. Get to a church that can help you learn and grow in the word of God. Because see, when you're born into the kingdom of God, you're born as a baby. You don't understand kingdom things yet. And so you need to learn and you need to grow. And you need to, next thing you need to do, you need to pray every day. Pray to God. Say, just talk to him. Say, Lord Jesus, I gave my life to you. And I don't know how to pray, but I want to talk to you. I want to have a relationship. You can just talk to him and he will talk to you. Amen. All right. Um, next thing I want to do is I want to ask you to consider giving a gift or a contribution, a donation, a, a partner with us as we take this journey um, to bring the word of God to you each week. If you have a local church and you tithe there, that's fine. But you, you can still give to us and give, give, to a, give a, a, a partnership gift. You can give a, a, a love offering. You can give an offering. But if this is your main source where you're getting your, 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 your word, you're getting fed, consider sowing your tithes here. There's going to be some information on your screen there that tells you how to, um, how to send us your seed. And we'll just pray that God will bless every seed. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, every person that have to sow right now, I pray that you would bless them. And those that do not have to sow right now, God, God, we ask you to bless them so that next time they will be able to sow in the name of Jesus. And God, we just give you all the praises and all the glory in Jesus' name. All righty. Well, I done took a lot of your time today, but I know that this message was good. If it was not good for you, it was good for me. It's blessed me. And if you don't take your, 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 your blessing, I'll take yours and I'll take mine. Amen. All right. So God bless you. And I'll see you next week. Amen.